And away we go. Here it is. It's Tuesday. A great day for talk radio. I must say it is a gorgeous, gorgeous, sunshiny. Well, it's a late summer day. It's not fall yet. That happens next week. Doesn't it? Or what day is it? The 18th, 21st is when it happens. So what is uh, deceiving, though? It's so nice. Well, it is. It's an extension of the summer. You know, the expression to wet the plow didn't apply to the plowing match down there in Chatham, Kent. This is where all of the folks got together. You know, every member of the legislature went down there and uh, sowed their (laughs) seeds. Anyway, (laughs) oh, God, the prospect of that just uh, it's a graphic I don't want to imagine. Uh, It's like seeing your parents naked. Then you can't unsee it for the rest of your time. But this is where uh, (laughs) the eye bleach. (laughs) That's kind of what you need. (laughs) Yes, you you are correct. Michael Downey, sir. But anyway, so the international plowing match, which was interesting because uh, everybody was getting along and get set in this bucolic rural riding until Andrea Horvath accused Doug Ford of wanting to sell the land to developers. Anyway, or something like that. Who knows what the dickens they're doing down there. But uh, he did make some announcements. As a matter of fact, he also caught some folks by surprise uh, when he did mention, I guess the uh, conservative party has decided that... uh, this case before the courts, you know, where he's invoking the notwithstanding clause, instead today seeking this stay, stay of proceedings, which would vacate uh, the previous ruling of Bellababa and then take us back to Bill 5. Follow the bouncing ball. Well, kind of, sort of. You need a program if you're scoring at home. And if you're scoring at home, what the hell are you doing listening to me right now? Uh, all right, but aside from that. So this is what the, uh, the folks at, uh, well, Premier Ford's government has decided to do. Uh, they're not going forward with Bill 31, the latest incarnation of the notwithstanding clause, uh, because they want to see what the court will rule, and that ruling has to come out like sooner rather than later. Tick, Be- tick. Yeah, because we're on the clock. It's a tight timeline. They do want to introduce the legislation that would move everything forward by Thursday, you know, royal assent, and then uh, let's get on with the rest of our lives and have a 25-member council. So this is what we're all waiting on, tenderhooks, to find out which way this ball is going to drop. Which, by the way, if they were to lose on appeal, I just wonder what the significance of that would be. Something I will ask our panel about an hour and change away from now when we get to uh, hunker down with topics worthy of discussion. Another one uh, somewhat worthy of discussion, I would feel price of gas yes you know it's going down tonight supposed yes. to a buck 24.9 uh liter of regular unleaded yes not insignificant a drop of about a nickel it all adds up well it does and uh dan mctagg was saying he of gasbuddy.com He's the guy. that this uh is in part due to the canceling of cap and trade so kudos to doug ford for that much you know if you use a lot of gasoline you're obviously going to be hardened by that development Unless you think uh, this is somehow going to deter this massive great leap forward that we've taken in fighting climate change. Mm. So I'll leave that to you uh, to reconcile with your own conscience. But on the, the matter of gas as well, Ford did announce today from the plowing match, he took some time out to say the government for the people, this is his government, that's the way they're branded, uh, are going to expand natural gas access. This up to uh, northern and rural communities. So they're looking out for... The folks in the hinterland, so to speak, I don't say that derogatorily, these folks, you know, were uh, neglected for a large measure by the Liberal government. Uh, it seemed like they pretty much were given the short end of the stick, but Doug Ford has reversed that. He garnered a lot of support from the rural communities. If you look at the map, uh, the electoral map across Ontario, 
Now, he's going to expand access to natural gas through uh, a type of privatization. Private companies will get involved with the communities. Doug Ford explains who will reap the benefits of expanding natural gas access. This new program, led by the private sector, would provide natural gas to as many as 78 communities, 33,000 new households across all of rural and northern Ontario. All right. So that's a lot of folks. That's a pretty broad expanse that uh, they're addressing and good for them. I I guess, you know, a lot of people do tend to forget that out there in the hinterlands, there's not uh, everything that we take for granted as accessible here in the city. You know, Internet is another one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is something they'll have to address. As far as the province is concerned, I see where the Ontario uh, Financial Accountability Officer, who's going to join us after six o'clock, is uh, uh, this is the latest? A report on Ontario's credit rating says the province still has a strong investment grade score among all four of the international agencies that keep tabs on it. So it's one metric. It's not the defining thing because we talked about how uh, the province is making out fiscally, and we know that there had been a warning of a downgrade back when the Liberals were still in power near the end of their tenure. And it didn't look good on them because uh, these kinds of things, I guess if you're reading the tea leaves, uh, it's like taking the health of the province's physical standing, if you will. But this is what he goes on to say, and I'll question him him about this after 6 o'clock. All four agencies that rate Ontario rate it in the middle of the pack among Canadian jurisdictions. I'm saying, wait a minute, middle of the pack? This is Ontario. What does that mean? Uh, you know that the Maritimes are pretty much a basket case. So where does that leave us? There are 10 provinces and we're middle of the pack. So Quebec is outperforming us on that basis. Come on. What else is left? The prairies? Yeah. I love being graded on a curve. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of like suggesting, well, you know, you you got a 51, son. At least you passed. You're in the pack. Well, middle of the pack. Boy, I don't know that that's good enough, but that's... uh, Again, something that we shall address and uh, find out exactly what that means going forward. Now, a lot of people are upset that Canada perhaps isn't as, uh, let's say, prominent a player on a global stage as we could be. Uh, To wit, we're struggling with these NAFTA renegotiations, Kinder Morgan. We're not getting our product out to uh, Tidewater. And there are a lot of these concerns and considerations that are roiling Well, they're roiling uh, the political discourse and the political landscape, you know, which brings me to uh, another point. This came yesterday, and uh, by way of Leona Alisev, she was the former Liberal MP uh, from the riding just north of us here in the city, which is uh, Aurora, Oak Ridge, Richmond Hill. And uh, in crossing the floor, she actually did say some things that uh, I guess are a condemnation of liberal policies when it comes to those things that I've cited. And uh, for what it's worth, the president of the Ontario Liberal Riding Association says Leona Alislav's floor crossing took him completely by surprise. We had had no prior conversations about her questioning her allegiances to the party or her looking for other options at all. I found out about this when the rest of the world did, uh, when you know I got a push update on my cell phone when the story broke in the media. All right. Uh, Well, you know what? Andrew Shear is going to join us here shortly, and uh, we're going to put it to him whether or not uh, this came as a surprise to him. As I understand it, this had been taking place, the talks, the discussion for several weeks. 
And now some accusations are that uh, Leona Oleslev is being hypocritical or two-faced because she welcomed the prime minister back in July to her riding and talked about, you know, uh, being happy to look forward to 2019, you know, with the team. And uh, she, for her part, says, well, what I meant by the team is uh, we're all in this for Canada. And if the prime minister comes to your riding, of course, a gracious thing to do is accept them. But she had been disaffected for the while. And uh, so we'll ask Andrew Shear. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Why this is a significant development, which I believe it is, because while it, you know, Trudeau was downplaying it in interviews yesterday, saying, well, you know, it happens from time to time. It cuts both ways. They get some members. We get some members. No big whoop. Pretty much what he said. I'm paraphrasing now, but uh, along those lines. But I don't know. To me, and uh, I guess they would be upset to hear this, that uh, Leona Alislev is the canary in the coal mine. Not so much that she's a harbinger of things to come, but that there might still be working coal mines in existence. That's what would upset the liberals. No, but uh, (laughs) I digress. Uh, She is, I think, a signal or symptomatic of disaffection because she stated uh, rather emphatically that the party is not adequately, uh, adequately addressing some foundational challenges facing Canada. And that includes the handling of the economy, tax reform, foreign affairs, and trading relationships. And let's be honest, if you've been paying attention at all, at the very least, over the summer months, they've been botching these files big time. So uh, how significant uh, do you think this development is? Is she a canary in a coal mine? I'm going to ask that question. Uh, And is she right in her condemnation that the party has not addressed some foundational challenges facing Canada? Do you think that what she says carries a lot of weight or is she seen as just a a rather insignificant another member of parliament of which there were 338 and what was it the dad pierre trudeau once said you know an mp is nothing 50 yards off of parliament hill nobody knows who the hell they are or what they uh they represent. So how significant do you think this move was of her crossing the floor yesterday? I'm going to ask Sheer here in a moment to put it, uh, well, in his way, uh, as I'm sure, you know, will be somewhat of a positive spin. We can anticipate that much. But now I want to hear from you. I do think it's significant because I do think there might be more to come. Now, losing Bernier, uh, you may have said or thought in your mind that that was significant in a sense because uh, he was disaffected by where his party stood and so he's gone off to form his own she's crossed the floor to join and this is a condemnation a direct rebuke of the liberals and for the reasons cited do you think there's something to this and uh it might be a testament that there is great disaffection within that party 870-6400 let's open the lines on that note i wanted to hear from you first and then we'll get on to uh andrew Shear. sue ann levy as well will join us before the top of the hour in her usual spot on tuesdays and thursdays she has a, a report to make on something that she attended last night an open house for a new prefab structure built across from the prince's gates for 78 transients and uh, sue ann just wants to rail and rip into that one so we'll get to all that in lieu too before the top of the hour we've got our panel next hour topics worthy of discussion we'll talk to the financial accountability officer after six o'clock your turn first off first order of business on the tuesday edition here in the oakley show 870-6400 the uh, leona alice crossing the floor uh and condemning the liberals in so doing how much weight do you give to what she had to say is she spot on that they failed to address the major challenges facing Canadians. Do you agree with that assessment?